Sunday is our annual Vision Sunday, where we'll be celebrating some of the things that God has done in and through the church over the last 12 months, and we'll also be looking ahead into the coming year. There's so much that's been happening, we won't have time to more than touch on a few things today. But just as we begin, let's take a look back at a few things from the last year. God has called us to build a biblical, growing, and diverse church in Nottingham, which will, in a creative and contemporary way, in the power of the Holy Spirit, worship God and communicate the gospel with compassion and generosity. We aim to make, train, and equip disciples to be effective in the extending of God's kingdom, to develop leaders, to plant new churches, and to contribute to the blessing of the whole body of Christ.
When the church began 26 and a half years ago, we wrote a vision statement which in two sentences attempts to capture what we sensed the Lord wanted the church to be. And that vision statement remains as true today as it was back then. You just heard it on the film. God has called us to build a biblical, growing and diverse church in Nottingham which will in a creative and contemporary way in the power of the Holy Spirit worship God and communicate the gospel with compassion and generosity. We aim to make, train and equip disciples to be effective in the extending of God's kingdom, to develop leaders, to plant new churches and to, con and to contribute to the blessing of the whole body of Christ. So today I want to take a few words from that vision statement just to highlight and celebrate some of the things we do as a church. Our primary purpose is to worship God in everything we do. Sung worship is one of the ways we express that in this room on a Sunday in Trent Kids and Trent Youth. And we also worship in small groups and many other gatherings such as the young adult worship gathering or when we gathered last month to pray and worship after the evening service as part of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Over the last year, we have worshipped in many creative ways, for example, at Closer, our family services, and the carols by candlelight. Over 3,200 people, many of whom were visitors, joined us in person at our four carol services, with over 600 others joining us online, with wonderful films and worship and dramas all created by people here from Trent. I heard about someone who invited his colleague and their five children to come along to one of the services there. They loved it so much that they came along to church on a Sunday soon after that with their children joining in at Trent Kids and the children enjoyed themselves so much that his children have been asking when they can come back to church. Everything we do is in the power of the Holy Spirit and so we we pray at every opportunity. Each week, we have men's and women's morning prayer meetings. Each month, we have a Friday night prayer and worship. And people gather to pray all over our site. Here before every service, there's people all over this building and beyond praying. And then, of course, we pray again at the end of every service. We want to be very attentive to what the Holy Spirit is doing. And we know that we can do really very little of any significance in our own strength. As some of you may be aware, if you're in touch with social media or other forms of news, there is what is being called the Asbury Revival happening right now. Whether it's a revival or exactly what it is, too early to say really, but uh, an extraordinary thing among young people at the university in Asbury in Kentucky, where a chapel meeting that's normally, I think, an hour and a half carried on spontaneously for almost 400 hours and they've now closed it because basically this town was overwhelmed. A town that has 6,000 people total in it, 20,000 people turned up just to come and experience what was going on. Now Debbie was one of them who quickly jumped on an aeroplane, flew out and experienced first hand, had this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, queued for six and a half hours in the freezing cold, got into the meeting, didn't realise it was nine and a half hours later that she kind of realised time had passed. And then she moved out to let somebody else have her space in this uh, auditorium. And it's just amazing. She witnessed the continuing, continuous worship 
mainly with under 25-year-olds experiencing really life-changing repentance, consecration, freedom, and healing. And they've had to close it, actually, as um, Debbie and my son drove out of town. The state troopers were closing the town. Said, revival over capacity, nobody can come now in <laughs> to Asbury. So um, it's spreading to other universities, it's spreading to churches and so on. We praise God for it. We pray that the Lord will continue to, uh, to do what he's doing and that this will continue to grow. And who knows when the history books look back at this last couple of weeks, whether something really profound is going on. We've seen some amazing answers to prayer this past year, including a significant number of uh, healings. Uh, following a talk on healing at Trent Youth, one young person prayed for a leader who had awful abdominal pain, and the pain had persisted all morning until the young person prayed a simple prayer. The pain went away. The leader said it was the most beautiful thing to see a young person know the kingdom authority they have within them and step out in confidence using it. One week after the youth team took the day to pray and fast together, they felt led to pray for the prodigals to come home, people who disappeared pre-COVID and had not returned, and others. And uh, that evening, during Trent Youth, four young people they hadn't seen for some time connected back with them. I'm sure there are countless stories of God answering prayers among us, and we are, of course, grateful for every one. In January, last month, we joined with Vineyard Churches across the UK and Ireland in 21 days of prayer and fasting for God's will to be done in Nottingham and the rest of our nation. And many of you came together in the Market Square for Bow Down, gathering to pray for Nottingham and the UK and raising phone torches as a symbol of being a light in our city. It's wonderful to see the Holy Spirit moving in so many ways, including a variety of spiritual gifts, uh, including prophecy. So let's hear from Pete, just sharing his experience of being prompted by the Holy Spirit. Hi, I'm Pete. I've been leading the Healing on the Streets team for a year, and I've been coming to Trent for about seven years. I've been trying to partner with the Holy Spirit in all aspects of my life. So a few weeks ago, a group of friends went to the pub after church, and I felt God prompting me to go and speak to somebody in a group at the other side of the building called Charlotte. Now, I didn't know anybody called Charlotte, so after a while, I went over and said, excuse me, is Charlotte here? To which the reply was, she's just left. Knowing the group went every week to the pub, the next week, they were sat there in the corner, and I said, excuse me, is Charlotte here? She wasn't here last week, but is she here tonight? To which someone said, oh, she wasn't there last week. Um, she was never there last week. Um, and while they were saying that, she turned around with a hand up saying, hi, I'm Charlotte. And then I told her then what I felt God was speaking to her about, which was really encouraging because she said, I just prayed that this morning. And to see God in all his love and his kindness meet her where she was at in that situation and just see her experience God's love through that message. So one night in the auditorium, I was in the media suite upstairs looking out the window, and I saw somebody that looked like they had a key down their jumper. So I went over to go and speak to them, and it turned out it was a flower. But I felt that it was part of a message that they were making a decision, and that the answer was on their front doorstep at their front door. And it turned out they were debating about moving house, and again, to see God meet them in that situation, to show that he was part of that decision-making was really encouraging for me and encouraging for them to see that God loved them right there. 
That's why I love partnering with the Holy Spirit, because you get to see God loving somebody in all his gentleness and his fullness. You get to meet them in whatever situation they're at, and you're just a part of that story. So if I feel God prompting me to go and talk to someone, I always try and not be weird whilst doing a weird thing. And going in all love and kindness, like the person of Jesus would, to speak to this person. Now sometimes it feels daunting, but if it is God at work, it's great to see him in action. God is utterly compassionate, and we want to express his compassion to those in need. There are many in Nottingham and beyond who've benefited from the care of many of you who serve in the various Trent Compassion Ministries. In the last year, nearly 600 people, representing over 1,500 individuals, children and adults, accessed the arches, which is in the building behind us here, receiving household items and other essentials, often enabling a house or a flat to become a home. Practical support can mean so much to families in need. For example, the Arches received three rolls of brand new carpet, something they don't usually have. God's plan soon became clear when a family of eight, including young children, were referred because they were moving into a property with no furniture and no carpets. And the team then frantically tried to find a fitter and at the last minute, someone returned a call to say they could do it. The person who'd made the referral to the Arches wrote to say this, you've provided such an important service to a struggling family, which has made a world of difference. On top of continuing to distribute furniture and household items, since COVID, the Arches has been acting as a distribution centre for food across the city. I think the previous year, maybe 100 tonnes or nearly that of food was distributed. In the last year, we've worked with Hope to distribute 22 tonnes of food to those in need. Two years ago, Step Forward Money Advice saw around five clients a week. Now, with the cost of living crisis, that has increased to about 18 clients a week. And the team are extremely grateful for God's provision in a growing number of people now to serve in this much-needed ministry. Many of you, including Trent Kids, contributed to Love Christmas. We gave out 1,200 bags of gifts to care leavers, refugees, and people dealing with debt, over 600 toys and presents to children and young people in temporary housing, and gifts to over 2,200 prisoners. We received a wonderful thank you card from Foston Prison. We've smudged out a number of the names in there, but the message says this, thank you so much for your gifts and messages of hope and goodwill this Christmas. It means so much to us. Some of us have friends and family to support us, but many do not. After a challenging few years following strict COVID restrictions, it's wonderful to hear how God's been moving in Nottingham prisons. Teams are now regularly leading services in Nottingham, Foston and Watton prisons. In November, we baptised two men at Nottingham Prison and seven others committed their lives to Jesus at the end of that service. And a few weeks ago, a staggering 17 of the 26 inmates attending a service made a commitment to Jesus at that service. That's awesome. We have a wonderful partnership with Hope Into Action, providing housing alongside practical and relational support for people coming out of rehab, 
vulnerable families and lone mothers and babies. In April, one of the tenants won an award at the Hope Into Action conference, but she was unable to attend to collect it because after a long time of being unemployed, she was at her new job. (laughs) Next month, we'll be opening a fourth house for people who are coming out of prison. This year, we've also been able to welcome and support refugees arriving in Nottingham. For instance, we hosted several families from Afghanistan, giving them an opportunity for the community connect to connect with each other as well as to us. Two men ran towards each other, embraced as they entered the room, and as they were leaving, they said, thank you, we feel so welcome here. The first weekend in January was Ukrainian Christmas, so we sent a gift to all our Ukrainian guests, including a packet of sunflower seeds, which is the national flower of Ukraine, as a sign of hope in a very dark time. Part of being a compassionate church includes showing compassion, perhaps, to our planet. We have a sustainability advisory group, and this year we published a sustainability statement on our website, which you can find at the sustainability link. And among other things, we've worked with Nottingham Trent University, who have reviewed our site and our operations, and made a number of recommendations of how we can operate in a more sustainable way, how we can reduce our carbon footprint as a church. And the trustees and the senior leadership team are looking at which of those recommendations we might be able to adopt. We also want to express God's generosity. So much of what we do is only possible because of the generosity shown by so many of you who are giving financially, and we are all extremely grateful for your commitment. I've recorded a separate video with more details about how your investment in God's work has been used, which is available at trentv.org forward slash vision. And if you're interested in those sorts of details, I really would encourage you to go and watch that on the website. So let me just give you the really big numbers. Our financial year runs from the end of July, no, the end of June, sorry, through to the following uh, June, end of June. And so these figures cover the period up to eight months ago. The total amount which came in this past financial year was £2.28 million. Including what we gave away, we spent just under £2.39 million. So you'll see we spent, for the first time possibly ever in our 26 years, more than came in, £109,000 more than came in. But we've been able to use reserves built up over the life of the church to carry us through what is actually a really difficult season. Well, the reality is that we are in a very financially challenging season. Prudent saving over the years means that we're definitely not in any sort of financial crisis and our team is doing all we can to carefully manage our expenditure. Following the massive impact, really, that COVID had on our conferencing income, I'm pleased to say that the latter part of last year, this has picked up really well and it's looking like 2023 could be a strong year. However, even with that, however, even with that being the case, as we go through this current financial year, we will almost certainly need to use further reserves to help us through. As a church, we are committed together to being generous with the resources we have. And so 22% of all that income I just mentioned is set apart to be given away or spent on activities and things which benefit those outside our church. So this includes all our compassion ministries, overseas ministries, 
blessing the community in other outward-looking areas, and also includes the financial gifts we make to numerous other organizations working in this country and abroad, as well as in the wider vineyard movement. Some tiny things to mention this year, for instance, we just added £5,000 to the carol service offerings, which enabled us to give 12700 to Hope Into Action, providing housing and support for those who are at risk of homelessness. Just a few weeks ago, we responded immediately. We gave £10,000 to Logos Global Vision, a Christian organization who are working with partners in Turkey and Syria, including Turkish vineyard pastors, as they respond to the recent devastating earthquake. Our set-apart fund also covers our ongoing commitments to various Trent members who are ministering around the world, including Japan, Ghana, India, Zimbabwe, and last year, John and Ali Delaney joined Lynn in Zimbabwe. Part of our set-apart fund facilitates small groups reaching out to bless their communities in loads of creative ways. And this past year, as every year, small groups distributed chocolates, biscuits and cakes, care parcels, toiletries and pampering packs, cost of vouchers and plants to their communities, as well as running children's activities as part of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations. Small groups have continued to bless key workers by taking chocolates and much-needed theatre scrub caps to the thoracic surgery team in Nottingham City Hospital. Wow. Uh, Christmas treats for the staff at the Nottingham Brain Injury Rehabilitation Centre. Treats, notes of prayers and encouragement to various hospitals and wards, schools, shops and police stations and police stations and blessing boxes to staff and children on a mental health ward. The Hepton Stalls and McBrien small groups created 45 food boxes, each containing essentials, a Christmas card, and an invitation to our Christmas events for families of children on free school meals at a local school. And together, three small groups packed up gift bags for teenagers in a residential centre. One of the managers said they were overwhelmed and speechless at the gift. In June, many of you gave 47 microwaves, 90 toasters, over 100 kettles, 131 can openers. Someone's been counting carefully here, haven't they? And 40, 40 pan sets of an estimated value of £8,500 to fill the van. You've also been generous with your time and energy this year by serving, whether that's on a Sunday or through small groups or some other area of ministry, or individually beyond the church. And we are so grateful to those of you of all ages who have generously served others in facilitating what God has done here. Trent Youth took 158 young people from here to to DTI this year. That many teenagers needs a lot of grown-ups <laughs> to look after them. Um, over 40, I believe, people even went to cook for them, braving camping and late nights to facilitate the young people experiencing all that they did. Over the last three years, we've been engaging more deliberately with the issue of racial diversity. This time last year, we added the word diverse to our vision statement. And behind the scenes, we've been working regularly, reviewing a number of areas in the life of the church through the lens of ethnic and racial diversity. And our steering group, made up of leaders from different racial and ethnic backgrounds, have been advising us. We now have 
regular translation of our Sunday services into Farsi and Chinese in addition to British Sign Language. And uh, it's absolutely thrilling that our carol services were available in five languages. English, Farsi, Chinese, British Sign Language and Ukrainian. The Chinese-speaking community continued to meet in person here and also online. And this past year, China has continued to experience periods of very strict COVID restrictions. So this is an important online community through which God has been moving quite powerfully. We have a growing group of Iranians who are part of the church, often seated over there. And uh, we just want to highlight that as we hear from Parry, who is right now in the sound booth translating me. Um, I grew up in a Muslim family and when I was 18 I came to this country to study and I had to move to, um, to accommodation in town and that's where I met this um, Nigerian cleaner and I was telling her about my problems and I was faced to going back to Iran and um, she prayed with me, she, I didn't know how to pray and she said just um, uh, close your eyes and I pray so she prayed and the next day I decided to go and buy a Bible and we went and bought a Bible which was King James <laughs> and um, so she left, she had to go back to Nigeria and I just read it and it was through reading the Bible just by myself, nobody talked to me um, and I just read it and um, it was uh, literally, it was a verse that God said about lost sheep that I just really felt that that was me and um, I gave my life to Jesus at that point. Um, I served the Iranian community in the church and as part of that we meet uh, once a month upstairs where we hear the sermon, we pray and we have worship in Farsi which is fantastic for them and I also have, we also have translation which happens in this booth and you might see me at the back sometimes and the people that sitting next to me and that's where they hear the sermon translated in Farsi simultaneously. It's good for the Farsi community to be part of the bigger part of Trent because here they feel really the love of God. They feel people love them and they, they're showing, people are showing interest in their lives. And, and um, I, I would encourage anybody who wants to talk to them, just come and, you don't have to have a big conversation. Just come and say hello or learn their names and just, um, just communicate and that even smiling is really good. And it encourages them because they can feel the love of God through us. Um, and for example, I remember one, one week we had, a, we had a meeting upstairs and uh, my small group, uh, Judd and Laura, came in with a big cake and they shared it with them and uh, they had conversations with them. And that really shows that they really cared and, and uh, they were interested in their lives. Because remember, these people are coming from, um, it, they, they, it took a lot of courage for them to come from Iran to here and they've left homes and they left jobs and families and children um, to come here and they've come through um, they, they've had to go through traumatic times to get here. All the pictures on the news sometimes you see, uh, they come with rubber dinghies and these are those people who have come here in Nottingham and we need to show, the God, show God's love to them really. 
Uh, I love to be part of the Farsi community because it gives me an opportunity to serve people. And I know that um, these people have come here and, and we, all we have to do is to share the gospel with them. And some of them might stay here, some of them might go to different towns and cities, but I know that they've heard the gospel, they've heard the good news, and um, sometimes sometime they look back and they will see God's hand in their lives. We've had a number of events to facilitate people from different backgrounds, connecting and building relationships, including a cluster leaders gathering and an international student event where people ate food from around the world and those from different nationalities shared their experience and stories of life in the UK. It is wonderful to hear how many of you are connecting with people from different ages and from different ethnic and racial backgrounds. On their first Sunday here at Trent, one couple from Hong Kong were invited over for a meal by the people sitting next to them. Bob and Val Leyland hosted a mature student from Nigeria who'd been in a car accident in November and who was unable to go home for Christmas and see her two children. We aim to make, train and equip disciples. Teams have regularly gone onto the streets sharing the gospel with almost 500 people through Jesus at the door and healing on the streets this past year. And the team includes someone who themselves became a Christian through JAD. Jesus at the door, that's what it's short for. She had been in debt. She was just gone to a cash machine, was unable to withdraw any money, and one of the teams saw how distressed she was and chatted to her using this Jesus at the door card, which uses the illustration of debt to talk about the good news. And the illustration seemed so personal to her uh, God really got her attention. She came to Trent and has since committed her life to Jesus and now serves on the Jesus at the Door team herself. This year, about 22,000 people have come into our buildings through our external conferences. Uh, Myers and Kay came to a conference here. When they realized the venue was also a church, they decided to come along on a Sunday and finding Trent was another step in their journey of faith and they both got baptized in October. A white bird coffee shop regular became intrigued about what was going on here, so he started coming to Trent and joined the Alpha course. We are delighted that there have been over 100 commitments to follow Jesus that we're aware of over this past year. I recently heard about a guy who'd been watching us online and wouldn't previously have called himself a Christian, and he even tuned in while he was on holiday and decided that week to give his life to Jesus. Even though he was thousands of miles away, the online prayer team were there to support him, and he's getting baptized next Sunday. We've also run two Alpha courses, and it's been wonderful to hear how people have been impacted. One person said, before starting Alpha, I felt my faith was best comparable to a bleak winter scene with grey, dull skies. The pond in the centre was stagnant and with little life. Now I feel like this stagnant pond in the middle of winter is coming alive and springtime is finally coming. Last year, we had the privilege of baptizing 65 people where we heard the amazing stories of what God has done in people's lives. For instance, Brooke said this, Jesus has changed my life. I feel more secure in who I am because I know God may be just the way he wants me to be and that he's never going to leave me. Muhammad shared his story he said, I was born in a Muslim family and I grew up to be very religious, but I had many unanswered questions 
A friend invited me to go to a meeting. It was as if the speaker knew all of those questions and answered most of them. The speaker talked about talked to me about Jesus Christ and I gave my heart to Jesus, not as another religion, but as the only way to live. I wanted to go to church freely and serve Jesus faithfully, but it was not possible in my country. Trent is the first church that I've really been able to be part of and I know that I've found a great new family here. The peace I feel today, I didn't have before and I know it is only because of Jesus' presence in my life. Next Sunday evening, we have a baptism service and we are very excited because we'll be baptizing around 50 people, significantly the largest baptism service we have ever done. And um, as there are so many, we have four baptism pools so that we'll be able to baptize everybody in a timely manner and also without rushing it in the individual. So it's going to be a really exciting event and I really would encourage you, put it in your diary, next Sunday evening, be here. It's going to be quite a moment in the history of our church. Debbie and I are always really encouraged when we meet people for the first time, either here on a Sunday or perhaps at a newcomer's meal. One newcomer's meal, a guest arrived really early and the team assumed that he was there to serve so they just kind of swept him in and he got stuck in until they realised oh sorry you're a guest um, but he later went on to the arches where he there were four people who he had accidentally served with at the newcomer's meal and he was straight in delighted just saying these are my friends in the last year we've run a number of courses to facilitate people growing in their relationship with God including Bible basics the pre-marriage course leadership training called Inspire and Discovering Your Gifts called Shape. We have people devoting part of their week to the church as they focus on growing in their faith on our discipleship year, Zoe, the Gap Year and the Trent Youth Academy. Whether for adults, young people or children, small groups are at the heart of the church. They're the primary way really that we grow in our mutual faith. And this year, there have been 14 brand new groups planted all over Nottingham and beyond. And seven groups have also transitioned to new leadership. Small groups are a place to really build deep relationships and go through life's ups and downs together. So let's hear from uh, one couple who lead a group, Richard and Sarah. Hi, we're Sarah and Richard and we've been coming to Trent for over 20 years now um, and we've been running our current small group in San Diego for the last six or seven years. So over the years of leading small group, we've tried to develop a group where we just facilitate what's going on on like a Wednesday evening when we meet. So we encourage everyone to kind of step up and serve in different ways, whether that be leading a study or helping to organise one of the blessing the community events or praying for one another or caring for one another. And fortunately, everyone in the group has really got behind that. And it's such a freeing way to lead to see different people stepping out in confidence and exploring and discovering who God has actually, you know, made them to be. Um, a small case in point is that we have a prayer WhatsApp group and different prayer requests get put on that. And everyone in the group responds to encourage and to care and to talk about you know the different prayer support that people actually need and that's been such a freeing way to lead that it's not just myself and Sarah having to respond to each and every request that's that's going on and you know God is clearly working through that and blessing you. 
So we try and support each other through challenging times and a couple of examples have been um, we've had um, a guy in our group who um, had a bad back and ended up having to have surgery and that was just a really traumatic time for them as a family um, and the group um, really rallied around delivering the meals, praying um, and supporting them in, in whatever way they could and then we've had um, just this last year, 18 months, um, uh, a couple in the group who've really had a challenging time with their teenage daughter um, which involved um, some hospital stays and the group um, just met with them for coffee in the hospital, met them for walks, we've had prayer diaries and we've had meals delivered and it's just been a real way of bringing us all together really as a group. So it's been a really challenging time for, for all of us um, with um, the group have really kind of um, come together um, and supported them and it's just been such a blessing to us and to those people going through those challenging times. I think small group has been right at the centre of our kind of journey really. I remember when I first came to Trent as someone who didn't really know who Jesus was but wanted to explore further. Um, I was signposted toward friend Lizzie Hansen's small group and I met a girl there called Sarah, who I'm now married to. God was clearly working from day one. Um, friend Lizzie Hansen were like spiritual parents, parents to me and I really value the input and the support that I kind of receive from them and that's really spoken really powerfully to, to me really about the, you know, the deep truth of how important small group is to our spiritual growth and kind of like journey. Um, as great as the Sunday morning services are, it's not possible to get to know everyone in the room and the size and the dynamic of small group really helps that and for a place where you can be needed and kind of like known and to support that onward growth. I don't think I would have gone as far within Trent or stayed as long without that support and that you know, loving care of a small group, really. Oh, I thought I turned it off, sorry. Oh, dear. I thought you turned it off. I thought I had. We've had a whole range of events uh, to build relationships in the last year, such as the Shine Pass Party, which was the largest ever with around 200 children, men's events and women's events, and beer and carols. The Fireworks Party, which sold out this year, so we're looking at ways to increase capacity this November, and the Trent Kids Sleepover last month. One parent said that their prayer was for their son to make one friend because he didn't know many other children on a Sunday. And at the end of the sleepover, he said, I didn't just make one friend, I made five friends. And he was already asking if he could go again. 150 people went on the tram to the Market Square at Christmas for Youth on Ice. Um, <laughs> marvellous, marvellous. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for the youth team kind of keeping that health and safety and everything going on there. Um, as a church, we do a lot to contribute to the blessing of the whole body of Christ. A significant amount of staff and volunteer time is given to organising events which bless the other 120 plus churches in the National Vineyard Movement, as well as churches in other denominations. For instance, in April, we hosted over 1,200 leaders from around the UK and Ireland at the Vineyard Leaders Gathering over two identical conferences. And in November, Trent hosted the Course to Live For conference for young adults from around the nation with almost 60 people from Trent serving on the team there, enabling that to happen. Many of you were among the 90 staff and volunteers from Trent who put many hours into making DTI, the National Youth Festival, happen this year. 
And we were delighted to host almost 2,500 delegates from nearly 130 churches at Staffordshire Showground. And we were thrilled that 59% of the churches represented there were from other denominations. Debbie and I were on the dream team again, and it was an absolute thrill to be part of what was an extraordinary event. About 270 young people decided to follow Jesus at that event, many for the first time, and many others experienced healing and freedom and God's presence in a significant way. I heard about a young woman from Trent Youth who has scoliosis, curvature of the spine. She was prayed for by some of her small group, and afterwards she could visibly see a straightening of her spine and has not had any pain associated with that since. Wonderful. Another young person said, I've suffered with anxiety for years, and this DTI, during the meetings, I've felt an inner peace I haven't felt for years. I also heard about a young boy who attended DTI Kids, which is the children's work going on, run by Trent Kids team at the event, who has since just been praying for everyone he meets who seems to be sick. Are you sick in any way? Let me pray for you. We also hosted the Youth Leaders Getaway in January, and one of the four venues for the DTI road trips, I think it was a weekend ago. And Trent is also is one of the five campuses across the UK and Ireland hosting the National Vineyard Leadership College. It's a year-long intensive part-time program for people to explore a call to leadership and seeking to invest in that call. If you are considering whether the Lord might be calling you one day to maybe church planting or possibly to pastoral ministry, or uh, some leadership role in kids' ministry, or youth ministry, or worship, or compassion, I really would encourage you to check out the Vineyard Church's website and go and look at the Leadership College. And I really would encourage some of you to be on it, signing up for September on. We've had the privilege of hosting other events, such as the Sound Summit, Open Doors Annual Gathering, and Thy Kingdom Come, where we were joined by over a thousand people from over 90 churches and Christian organizations in here. We could go on and on. Looking back, we need to look forward. And as we do that to the year ahead, as most of you will know, Debbie and I will be handing on the leadership of the church to John Bodley in October. We'll still be around at Trent, but John will be the one leading as we give more time to our roles as National Directors of Vineyard Churches in the UK and Ireland. And we've been on this journey for some years, prayerfully thinking about who our successor would be. We've talked with many people inside the church and beyond, and there have been a number of very significant prophetic words. So we very it's just totally evident that this is the Lord's decision. And we shared more. We had John and Abby, we had Susie, Debbie, myself up here on the stage earlier this month. And if you haven't watched that service, it was on the 6th of February, I really would encourage you to. You'll be very encouraged, I'm sure. And you can access it at trentv.org forward slash update, or just go to the Sunday talk section on the website and you'll see it there, 6th of February. A passage from the Bible which has been very much part of Trent's journey through many of our building expansions and different projects over time, has been from Hebrews chapter 12, which talks about running the race marked out for us with our eyes fixed on Jesus. Throughout the journey of the last 26 years, through all its challenges and amazing adventures, 
we have together sought to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and with perseverance to follow the path which God has marked out for us. You're just smiling. That was your artwork, wasn't it? (laughs) Tim, um, where did I get to? Can you show me where my place is again? The Lord's made it very clear that this next leg of Trent's race will be with John leading. We'll be passing on the baton of leadership to John on the 1st of October, and we are very confident that we'll be in very safe hands as John, with Susie supporting him as senior associate pastor, and the other leaders on the team as they lead us into the future. And we are really excited to see what God will do with us as a church in the next season. So would you please welcome John Bodley. Cheers, John. Great. So as we look um, to the future, um, one thing that we wanted to that, mention today is that um, we will be celebrating in the autumn, around about the time of the church birthday, um, what will have been by then the most extraordinary 27 years in the life of this church under John and Debbie's leadership. So, you know, in, in this church, we like to do things well. We're going to be celebrating well. So make a note in your diary, 17th of September on a Sunday, we'll be here celebrating them. And all the Lord has done through them. Um, Now, as we look forward this year, there's going to be change. And it reminds us of that classic vineyard saying, change is here to stay. Um, But whilst some things will be changing, there'll be some other significant things that won't be changing this year. And just a couple of them. First, the leadership isn't actually changing. Um, And what I mean by that is that, you know, this race that we're running together with our eyes fixed They're fixed upon Jesus. He is our ultimate leader, our guide, our teacher. He defines the course that we're running on um, because this church ultimately belongs to him. He is the head of the body, Um, not John or Debbie or me or anybody else, but Jesus. The second thing that um, isn't changing is the vision. One of the reasons that, you know, just hearing all these amazing stories of how different ones of us have got involved in so many different things this year The reason that so many of us and the staff and the leaders love and serve this church with such zeal and enthusiasm is because we love the vision, don't we? We love it. And that's true of me, that's true of Susie and all of us. And so um, building on that that baton analogy that John just shared, the transition as we look forward to October is a bit like that moment, you know, um, when the Olympic um, torch is being carried and that flame is handed from one person to another. In October, it will be my turn to carry the torch as we continue to run together in the same direction towards the same goal. Um, and in light of that, one scripture um, alongside the, the Hebrews 12 one that John just mentioned that we really feel that is significant for us um, as we've kind of like, you know, reflected on this transition Some words from Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Um, They're they're words, um, they're based on some words in Isaiah that Jesus read in the synagogue at the start of his ministry. He announced, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And if you've been part of this church for, for, you know, for years, you'll probably know that this, 
This scripture has been enormously significant for us through the years. It's foundational to us um, in the sense that like literally there's a copy of a Bible laid open on this page, cast into the concrete foundations of this building. And so as we've talked and prayed about the transition in the years ahead, we really feel that this is a passage to come back to this year. It's foundational to us. And it's also um, essential, I would say, in the sense that it carries something of the essence of our, um, like the raw spiritual ingredients of our vision statement. Like if you look at it just again, you see Jesus describes the way here that he has been anointed to, um, by the Holy Spirit, empowered and commissioned to go and set people free and to heal and to fend the oppressed in every possible way to demonstrate and proclaim the kingdom of God. And we believe that we are anointed by the Holy Spirit to go and do exactly the same stuff. So um, this is going to be a passage that we'll be returning to at different points through this year. And I'll just really encourage you to, you know, write this passage down in your journal and or print it out and put it somewhere in your home where you can read it and see it and be reminded of it this year. And also, I'm excited to announce that we have commissioned a new piece of artwork to go in this room and that's going to be installed in the coming weeks just on that Watch that space over there. It will appear in the coming weeks. So look forward to that. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. So as we consider this next leg of the race marked out for Trent, there is an invitation for every one of us today to reflect on what God's uh, part, what, you know, what part God might be asking us to play. What does the next leg of your own race look like? Maybe it's committing to coming regularly on a Sunday. I really would encourage you to grow in the habit if it's not already your habit. It's Sunday, oh, I go to church, just as the norm of life. Maybe it's getting involved in an area of ministry. You can go to trentb.org forward slash serve, or you can pick up a form, which you will find today. We've got them on the tables at the back. Everything is always in the connect area as well. And uh, if you wanted to tick one or two areas, Uh, where you might like to try something out. Someone will contact you to arrange a time. And after that, you can decide whether you might like to go on a rotor, perhaps serving once a month. Others of you may not be part of a small group. I really would encourage you to get involved. The best way is to find one. To find one will be to head to the Connect area, or you can fill in a form through the Connect link, or email smallgroups at trentvineyard.org. If you'd like to try a few groups before deciding, that's absolutely fine. And even if your life situation means that you can only go occasionally, I still encourage you to join one as you'll be part of a group, people who know you, people who care for you, people who do the journey of life with you. Some of you may not be committed financially. Can I ask you to please seriously think about joining those of us who are investing financially in what God is doing here? And you'll find all the details on how to do this at the Give link. Or there are forms again today at the table, on the tables at the back, or always in the Connect area. And if you do make any changes, it would be really helpful if you just email giving at trentvineyard.org to let the finance team know. Today, as we look back over this past year and we look forward into this next season, we're celebrating some of the things in the life of the church. But this celebration is ultimately not about the church, it's ultimately about God, the father of this family and every other expression of the church across the world. To God be the glory, great things he has done.